I can no longer ride a roller coaster, sit in a hot tub, nor eat cold deli meat. And I have to pee frequently. What's going on with me? that I am pregnant, you are correct. I'm pregnant, woo! Baby number three, which is exciting and terrifying at the same time. (laughs) Yes, I am currently four months along. We do not know the sex at this point and I'm not sure if we're going to find out. My husband and I are at a disagreement because I don't want to find out. I love surprises and this is truly the best surprise that nobody can spoil and he really wants to know. (laughs) So we have another four weeks before we have to come to terms on an agreement for that. Speaking of baby news, congratulations to Tori, the marketing specialist for starting sustainability. She gave birth to a beautiful baby girl named Josephine on June 2nd. So congratulations to Tori and the whole family. I'm sure you guys are super excited and probably tired at this point. And before we get too much further, I guess I should back it up a little and give a proper welcome. Welcome to Starting Sustainability. This is episode 122. I'm your host, Kaylin Chenoweth. Now, to continue on with the rest of the catch-up segment, I kind of got a little ahead there (laughs) with the pregnancy announcement, but I'm just very excited. We're all very excited. But right now, currently today, we are preparing for our vacation up to the Wisconsin Dells. I left off last trying to find pre-loved capes and not having much luck because we're having a superhero theme and I could not find capes for my kids anywhere. And after I finished my last recording, my dear old mom came to the rescue for some superhero capes. She dug out some old fabric scraps and cut them to the size of a pillowcase and sewed on some ribbon to tie them. Thank you, mom. Mom to the rescue. Now my kids have some superhero capes that they can wear to the party. Living out in the country has been really awesome. We've been at it for about seven weeks now, (laughs) but we also don't have a fence. And at our last place, we did have a fence. And without a backyard fence, we have lots of visitors in the forms of rabbits, deer, and other critters that are very attracted to my garden and want to eat the plants. I learned this hack that I wanted to share with everybody because I was very excited about it. You can buy the pinwheels or little flags, basically anything that moves in the wind and you put them all throughout your garden because the movement will help keep the animals away. I went out to the Dollar Tree and had my son pick out four or five of the little pinwheels and we put them out there and they have been fantastic. Like it's been working so far, which is awesome. It is a much better alternative to any type of spray, like rabbit spray, deer spray, or any other chemicals I'm really trying to avoid at this point. Also, that crap dirt that I got is so full of weeds. (laughs) So many plants are growing, and I honestly cannot tell which ones are weeds and which are the ones that I want to keep because I A lot of my plants I was able to get as plants, but there were definitely quite a bit like corn, lettuce, beans, and squash. I got all in the seed packets because I couldn't find the plant form. I planted the seeds and as the little seedlings were growing, so were all of these weeds around them. And I did my best to pull what I thought were the weeds. 
now that we're about a month later after I've planted the garden, I can tell there are a lot of bare sections where the seedlings either did not come up or they did and I pulled them thinking that they were a weed. So lessons learned, <laughs> whenever you plant seeds, if you have crap dirt chuck full of weed seeds as well, then take a toothpick or popsicle sticks and plant them in the ground, like stick them in the dirt right beside the seeds, which is what I did a couple days ago. So now hopefully when the seeds come back up, I know it's a little bit late in the season, but I figured it was worth a shot. And at least this way, I will learn what the plant looks like to help me identify the plant. So going forward, gardening in the future, hopefully will be just a little bit easier. We shall see if my trick worked when I come back next week from vacation <laughs> to a garden bed chock full of weeds again. Congratulations to my husband and I. We finally got to celebrate our five-year wedding anniversary this past weekend. We were actually married over Memorial Day weekend, you know, five years ago, but this past Memorial Day weekend, we were too busy with friends and family obligations to celebrate. So instead, we're able to celebrate on June 5th. And my sister watched the kids for the day, and Channing and I went to a local brewery. The food was delicious, and Channing enjoyed the beer very much. Look, pregnant or not, I don't drink, so you don't have to worry. <laughs> I was like, I'm not a drinker, which is why I'm pretty sure Channing married me, because I'm a permanent DD, and he gets all the drinks. <laughs> but anyways, even though I don't drink, I definitely do indulge on dessert. And I actually had a plan of six local places to check out for our date day. And after we did the brewery, then we were going to head over to a chocolatier candy shop, which I was super excited about. And it was closed for a private graduation party. Also on the list was to go to this small arcade here in town. Again, closed. There's a local board game store because I really love board games also closed. It was about this time I realized that I did not plan this very well. <laughs> We're used to city living where everything is always open, but not here in Lafayette, Indiana. Apparently everything is closed on a Sunday. Then I had a last ditch effort of an idea to go check out some of the local antique shops that are in the downtown area. Walking up and down the strip, all of them were closed except one. It had a little flag that said open. I said, hey, let's go up there. Let's check out that shop. I don't even care what it is. We're just going to go check out the shop. As we approached, the store owner came out and took the flag down, closed the door, and flipped the sign to close because they closed at 3 p.m. And Channing and I were literally steps away. Like we could have put our arm out and touched him as he took down the flag because it was 3.01. So again, we were too late. Sometimes it is really hard to be sustainable and support local when all the local things are closed on the one day that you don't have kids and get to go explore all the local things. <laughs> and well, this is part of the sustainable journey. Lessons learned. Got to plan this out better next time. The last thing on our list of things to do, which has now jumped up to the second item on our list of things to do because everything else was closed, was to go to the movie theaters and watch Top Gun Maverick. And yes, it was an excellent movie. We thoroughly enjoyed the show. Maybe it's because it truly was excellent or because I did Air Force ROTC for two years. Yes, I know Top Gun is Navy, not Air Force, but they're all still flying aircraft and that's the exciting part. Maybe it's because we haven't been to the movie theaters for four years. Either way, we both really loved it and it was a very, very good show. Highly recommend it. Loved it. The next catch-up item is our geothermal planning and how that's going. 
Channing and I, we did have three different companies come out and put bids on the jobs, and we settled on one company to come and install the whole geothermal system. Our house has two AC units and two furnaces because it was a small house that then had a big addition added onto it before we moved in. So all the ductwork is completely separate from the original house and the addition. So there's two of everything, which means we need two geothermal units, which makes it a bit more pricey, but that's okay. What we're going to do is we're going to get one geothermal unit to replace the currently bad AC and furnace for now. And then later on, hopefully a few years from now, so we have time to recover financially, when the other AC and furnace go bad, then we will replace them with a geothermal unit at that time. We did decide to do a split system, meaning that it's going to use electricity to run the geothermal pump, but in an emergency situation, we can use propane gas for heat. And that is important to us because here in Indiana, we do get extremely cold weather. Like if it's 10 degrees or below, which it happens a lot in the winter time, or if there is a power outage, then we can use the propane as a heat source. And that made us feel a whole lot better and safer about it. Now, we won't be using nearly as much propane. Right now, we have a thousand gallon propane tank that is empty <laughs> because the previous owners were so nice to leave it empty for us. But they said you would fill up that propane tank about once a year. It'll get you through one year. Well, the hope is with geothermal, that propane tank will probably last us five plus years. So we won't have to be filling it up all the time. So we will very quickly be making our money back, which we are very excited about. Another safety concern of ours was the fact that we're out in the country and whenever there is a mass power outage, when electrical companies are fixing it and repairing the power outage, they go for the masses. So they're gonna start in the city and they're going to reconnect the lines or whatever for the most amount of people. And then they work their way out to the country bumpkins, which is now what we are. So it will end up taking a longer time for us to get our electricity back like days <laughs> versus hours, which is what we're used to because we used to be in the city or in a large town. So now we have to be prepared for if it's gonna take a few days, cause you know the power is gonna go out on the coldest night of the year, the coldest week of the year, right after an ice storm hits and it will take some time. So we just wanna be prepared and be safe. This is a big financial decision. It is more than just a new AC unit, but we believe in sustainability. Well, correction, <laughs> I believe in sustainability. Channing believes in B-I-F-L, which is the buy it for life. And that is the topic of today's episode. There's a website called Budgets Are Sexy, and they wrote an article called 13 Buy It For Life Items That Save Money and Bring Happiness. And this is a finance blog about how to save money, but it talks about a movement called B-I-F-L, Buy It For Life. And I didn't realize that this finance movement was even a thing, but as a sustainable-minded person, I too have been following this pattern of living and didn't even realize it. I wanted to share the BIFL movement and details and compare them to what we've been trying to do here on our sustainable journey on this show. And spoiler alert, they are quite similar. The BIFL movement, also known as Buy It For Life, is when you spend a good portion of money on an item because in the long run, it will last longer and save you money than spending less money on an item that you will, in a month, have to purchase again and again, and a month later, again, in a vicious repeat cycle. You too may be practicing the buy it for life movement. 
Here's an example. If you have a nice winter coat, how long have you had that coat? For five years? For 10 years? I have actually had mine for 20 years. I bought it when I was 16 years old in high school and I was a part of the Boy Scout troop. Yes, I know I'm a girl, but I was a part of the Boy Scout group and we did winter adventures, just what well, we did year round adventures, but this was a particular winter adventure where I needed a really hardy winter coat, like a ski jacket. I remember my mom taking me to the store to buy a very warm winter coat because this is gonna be a three day winter camp out <laughs> up in Wisconsin at the time and all this snow and we were gonna do ice fishing and all these fun things, but I needed a nice warm coat because I was gonna be outside all the time. Not just for an hour or two, like around the clock for three days. This is a survival coat at this moment. My coat is so awesome <laughs> that it has an inside liner and an outside liner and they zip and come apart. So I can do the full on super thick, heavy duty coat. I can also zip off the outside liner, just wear the inside liner that's a nice gray, and that's perfect for fall. Or I can only wear the outside liner as a rain jacket. So it's a very versatile coat as well, which is why I've hung on to it for 20 years. Is it out of fashion? Eh, probably, most likely, but it's a sporty coat. It's not terribly out of fashion because I didn't get one that was wild and truly in fashion. I got one that was a classic look and that's what helps you keep it longer. So if anybody out there has a coat that you've had for more than 20 years, raise your hand, speak up, be proud of that because you have been participating in the Buy It For Life movement. You got a very good quality coat that has lasted a long, long time. Another thing to point out is that coat was not cheap. It was probably about 200 to $250 20 years ago. <laughs> That's a lot of money. But how much is just a regular winter coat that you only wear for one or two seasons before it's not fashionable anymore or it has fallen apart, the pocket ripped, the zipper broke, something like that. How much are those coats? Because they're not cheap either. A regular sweatshirt is like 60 bucks. So a regular winter coat is probably one or $200. So even though it was a lot of money at the time, I have saved money because I didn't have to spend one to $200 every couple of years because I got such a good quality coat. When practicing the buy it for life movement, there are a few key concepts to help you along. The first one is look for lifetime guarantees. Buy products that have lifetime guarantees on them. That way, if it breaks, tears, gets worn down, you can literally turn around in 5, 10, 15 years down the road, return the item at no cost to you, no money at all, and get a replacement item. Here's some examples of stores and brands that are known for their lifetime guarantees. Craftsman, L.L. Bean, Eddie Bauer, Offspree, and Duluth Trading Company. You know, what's not on the list is Jansport. I remember in seventh grade, I got a Jansport backpack because it was lifetime guaranteed. I still have that backpack to this day. The zipper broke, so I sent it in. They fixed the zipper and sent it back. <laughs> it was as simple as that. And I still have it. And it's a nice navy blue. It's perfect. It's classic. It doesn't go out of style. It's not wild and crazy and loud. I was able to use it all through high school all through college, and now in my professional career as well. It is important to note that every company's lifetime warranty is a bit different, but it's worth getting to know which companies offer the real lifetime warranties. You can do a quick search on Ethic. 
I'm trying not to say the G word, but any internet browser that you want. We just support ethic around here. And you can find 15, 20 brands right off the top of the list there that will help you save money in the long run because they do the lifetime warranty. Buy it for life concept number two. Look for modular items. Modular in this case means buying items with parts you can replace separately. We buy new parts for our cars all the time. Why not have the same mentality for appliances or furniture or other items? For example, if the needle on my sewing machine breaks, I just go get a new needle, not an entire new sewing machine. We get a new part for a car. We don't just go out and get a brand new car. Well, <laughs> the average person does not do that. I don't know about the lifestyles of the rich and famous, but the average person doesn't do that. So the same thing would happen for your dishwasher or your couch. If something breaks, look to see if you can get the part to replace it because this is gonna save you a lot of money and headache as well. The key takeaway from this concept is just because something is broke does not mean we should get rid of it and buy a whole new one. Using trial and error and the internet and YouTube will help you save a lot of money in the long run. Buy it for life concept number three, obsess over quality. Warranties aside, quality products generally last longer. Yes, quality can be expensive, but remember what we're going for here is long-term savings and a product that lasts a long time. And the last concept, concept number four, is buy it for life items will also make you happier. And I don't just mean, oh, I bought a really expensive jacket, so now I'm happy. I mean long-term satisfaction. It's that feeling of knowing you're spending your money wisely and helping the environment too at the same time. While doing research for the Buy It For Life concept and movement, I discovered a few tips that I want to share with everybody because I didn't realize this, so I'm sharing it with you. Costco, if you have a Costco near you, they have a commitment to quality products that is really true. Another company is Bed Bath & Beyond. They have lifetime warranty. They will actually take anything back at any point in time if you have the box. So be a hoarder of all the boxes, keep them up in your attic or wherever you gotta put them. I really regret not knowing that because when my husband and I got married, we registered at Bed Bath & Beyond, got a whole bunch of stuff, Definitely threw away all the boxes. Well, recycled all the boxes, but we don't have them. So now five years later, and after moving five different times, items are starting to break and I don't have the box. <laughs> so I do know now going forward, if you're getting stuff from Bed Bath & Beyond to keep the box because of their lifetime warranty, which is awesome. That is everything that I have for the Buy It For Life movement. If you have questions, comments, concerns, stories that you want to share, please come to the Facebook group Starting Sustainability and share your stories and adventures or tips, whatever you've got. Give us your feedback. Let us know. Share it for the group because we're all learning about this together. And I definitely want to know if you have a coat older than mine because I don't think anybody does. We are now going to transition into part two of this episode, which is very different. <laughs> it's a big old change of topics, but since it is June, I wanted to do a mid-year bucket list review. For those of you who are new listeners, every January I put together a bucket list. It's basically instead of a New Year's resolution, because with a New Year's resolution you make one resolution and then you never keep it, but with a bucket list 
These are things that I really want to do and I have all year long to accomplish them. So I like to do yearly bucket list. So I'm going to review my bucket list because we're midway through the year to see where I'm at. And it's a nice little reminder to help me refocus on some things. There's probably some things on here that I forgot about and some things that hopefully I've accomplished. I don't know, we're gonna start at the top of the list and work our way down. Item number one on my bucket list for 2022 was baby number three. <laughs> well, if you heard the beginning of this episode, I can now say check, <laughs> check mark. It, it took some time, it really did. The plan was actually to be pregnant by the end of 2021, but things don't always go according to plan and that's okay. God's got a plan and now I'm pregnant with baby number three. It's due in November, which is really exciting. The second item on my bucket list was to start a green team at church which I did a bunch of research, I did a bunch of planning, I reached out to the church, we started getting a group together, and then we decided to move. <laughs> that was only half accomplished. I do have the planning done. We are currently going to a new church. I don't know if we're gonna stay. It doesn't really feel like a great fit. I think we're gonna go to a couple other churches and try to find a better fit. Once I find a church that I am really excited with and get established in, then I think I'll bring up the green team idea. Item number three is a new vehicle because mine is paid off. I have a Nissan Rogue, it is paid off. I love the fact that it's paid off. The problem with baby number three is that the Nissan Rogue only has two hookups for a car seat. You cannot fit in a third car seat. I know everybody's like, what if you do a booster? What if you do this? They don't fit, <laughs> it legit does not fit. So my plan was we're gonna have, to, we're kind of getting forced into a new vehicle, which kind of stinks financially because I really like not having to make a car payment. It's hard to find cars, they're overpriced right now, but this is the boat that we're in. And so if I have to get a new car, I want to get an electric car. I really, really do, I want an electric car. Here's the downside. I have done a ton of research and I cannot find an electric car that will also fit three car seats. They all do too. There's not an electric minivan. There are some coming out in the future. Like when I did my research, I kept, I kept finding different brands and companies that had these electric SUVs and electric minivans coming out in 2024 or 2028. It's a bit too late at that point. I kind of need something now. So I'm not sure what we're going to do there. That may be one that just gets bumped to another bucket list in the future. The next item was homemade birthday decorations, which I accomplished by February because that's when Channing's birthday is. So we all have our own permanent reusable birthday hats, a permanent cloth birthday banner and decorations. I am so excited about this. <laughs> I use that for all of our birthdays now going forward. And Corbin's birthday is actually coming up next week. We'll be busting them out for him. Another goal that I had was no more than five brand new clothing items for either myself or my children for the whole year. And you might think, Kaylin, that's ridiculous. Kids grow. <laughs> You're going to need more than five items. To point out, it's brand new clothing items. Pre-used, pre-loved clothing items, secondhand items, those are all fine. Those are perfectly okay. But I get five new items for myself and the kids so five each, so I guess that's 15 total, but five each for the whole year. Channing's not on this list because he doesn't care about that. <laughs> he does, but not to that extent, not to be that restrictive. 
So he's not on this list. This is my own personal list. I'm not going to force him into it. He is slowly coming on board the sustainability train. I'm not going to push it and ruin it now. So he's not on this list. Something I did not think about was what if I am gifted a brand new item? For Mother's Day, I received muck boots. That would be a brand new clothing item. Channing bought them and gave them to me, which is great because I totally needed them. I really did need them. But since it's a gift, I don't know if that counts. That's a gray area I got to figure out. I did have to buy a maternity swimsuit because the one that I had was actually pre-used and given to me. So it is very old and really stretched out and, and does not look good at all anymore. <laughs> so I did end up getting a new maternity suit. Good luck finding used maternity suits that don't give you the oogies. So that's why I got a brand new one. I said, I got five items. I'll cash one in for that. But otherwise we're doing pretty darn good. We're halfway through the year and we still have lots of growing to do for my kids. So those five items will accommodate underwear and socks, bras, shoes, things that are hard to find used. That's why I gave myself the five item allotment. The next item on the list is a relationship builder with my husband. If you've been listening the last few years, that one stays on the list every year. We do it every year, but it just stays on the list. And I don't know what it's going to be. One year we did living room dance lessons. That was really cool. This past year he started joining me in on the podcast. That made me super duper excited <laughs> that he was finally joining in on my podcast episodes. So I don't know what we're going to do this year. Apparently it's going to be redecorating a house that is straight out of the 1970s. <laughs> now that COVID is over, hosting a swap party has returned to the list. I did this one time and then COVID hit the next year and for the last two years. So it has made a return to my list. I'm going to host a swap party at some point in time. I'm not sure when. Springtime foraging, which now that I have five acres was doable. I have found quite a few things on this property. We made some dandelion cookies. They were shortbread cookies. You just take the petals out of the dandelion. And I have a bunch of wild honeysuckle and I collected a whole bunch of the honeysuckle flowers and soaked them in water to make a honeysuckle tea. I tried it, it's disgusting. But hey, I tried it and I did it. <laughs> there are wild mulberry bushes on this property. And I was super duper excited. It's like, oh my gosh, mulberries. They're everywhere. I have all these free berries. I sat there and planned out on Pinterest. I was like, okay, I got recipes for mulberry jam and mulberry syrup and mulberry ice cream. And I'm so excited. And I watched, I took a tour of the property every day. I watched them go from green berries to pink to red to dark red, like to that black purple color and I picked them a whole bunch of them I was so excited maybe like a cupful which is seems like 200 berries but it was only like maybe a cupful because they're tiny little berries I brought them back to the house I washed them and I started eating them they taste like pure water there's no flavor in those suckers at all I guess they're really tasty and delicious in other parts of the country but here in Indiana they are known for not having any flavor at all so I did not make jam and syrup and ice cream because there's no flavor to it but I did do some springtime foraging, so I can check that off of my list. For my garden, a personal goal was to grow more than lettuce and tomatoes. I have the garden up, I have items planted. I'll have to let you know in a few months if I actually accomplish anything other than lettuce and tomatoes. I also put on this list to do a family outing each month, which I completely forgot about. And I will have to sit here and think for a minute to see if we have done that. I don't think that we have. I'm sure we have missed a few months, but now that I've gotten this reminder, I will be sure to do a family outing each month going forward. 
<laughs> I'm laughing because the next item is to replace the carpets because at our old house our carpets were nasty and disgusting and we were going to replace them with laminate flooring but then we decided to move so we just replaced them with other carpets because I didn't know what the next people were going to want and I didn't want to spend a whole lot of money on laminate flooring if they didn't like it and ripped it all up. So we did replace the carpets but we didn't get to keep them. And the last item on my list was to finish my audiobook and audio class. This was something that I started almost two years ago. I was doing podcasting. I got an email saying, hey, I don't know if you guys have heard of Audible, like the audiobooks, their competitor, Listenable. I kid you not. I got an email from Listenable wanting to know if I could put together an audiobook or an audio class. And I said, yeah, I sure can. And I planned the whole thing out. 20 episodes or 20 chapters, I should say, that are all 10 minutes or less. Really quick, condensed version of how to be sustainable. I wrote out a whole bunch. I only recorded seven. I haven't edited any of them. I put it on the bucket list to help myself finish doing it. And here we are in June. I haven't touched the thing yet. <laughs> And I was like, oh, now that I'm podcasting every other week, I'm going to have all this time and I'll be able to knock out this class and I just haven't done it yet. Instead, we moved and every free moment that I have is devoted to unpacking, rearranging, setting things out, painting, put figuring out a garden, mowing the grass, which now takes three hours. It's a whole lot of other stuff. <laughs> Again, another refresher. I haven't done anything on that one, but now that I've got the refresh... I will be focusing on that for the rest of the year, trying to knock that out. And that was the end of my 2022 bucket list that I put together in January. But I do want to share that I added to it. You're like, oh my gosh, Caitlin, you've been talking long enough. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I did add to it. My husband and I follow Dave Ramsey when it comes to financial planning. And there's the Dave Ramsey radio show. And on his show, he has his daughter, Rachel. And Rachel made the comment one day. Now, Rachel's a millionaire. Dave Ramsey's a millionaire. She made the comment one day, it's a personal goal of mine to never buy a card for birthdays or holidays or anything, to never buy a card ever again because they are stupid expensive for a piece of paper and you can make it yourself for a fraction of the cost. And I thought to myself, I honestly love making homemade cards. And that's something that I used to do for a long time. And then as I got married and had kids and life got busy, I just kind of fell into the habit of defaulting to buying cards again. And I'm going to revert back to that. Now it is a goal and a mission. I will only make cards going forward. One, to save money. And two, they mean a whole lot more when you get a homemade card. And it's insanely sustainable. What I do, all the cards that we receive for Christmas, Halloween, birthdays, I keep them. And then when a holiday or birthday or whatever comes up, I go through my pile of the cards that I have saved because they always have really cute pictures and stuff on the front. And I'll cut out the picture on the front or the saying or the decoration or whatever it is. And then I've got a bunch of cardstock that, believe it or not, was gifted to me. Somebody else didn't want it and I received a crap ton of cardstock. And I'll take that and fold it into a card and then I'll take the cutout from the old card, glue it onto the new card, handwrite my own little note on the inside. Voila, beautiful homemade card. Whether you created a bucket list back in January or not, it's June now, you still have six months of the year. So if you created one back in January, Take time now to reflect on it and see how you've been doing. 
And if there are any changes that you want to make, if there are items that you can check off of your bucket list, if you did not make one, guess what? You can make one now. It's a six month bucket list. That's fine. Put something together. Yours does not have to be as long as mine was. I get mine was pretty long. Mine get longer each year. They get just a little bit longer, but start with like three items or five items. Just pick a couple of things that you want to accomplish in terms of sustainability or just personal goals. It doesn't even have to be sustainability and just give yourself something to look forward to and to strive for every day. It is now time for the weekly challenge. I'll draw a card here. It says, encourage your workplace to adopt green practices. See if you can set up a paper recycling station by the printers or implement a carpool scheme. Well, that's kind of cool. Where I work currently does have a lot of sustainability practices initiatives, but I am definitely happy and honored to share that I've been a part of them and creating new ones and implementing those as well. Where I work already had recycling, so if you don't have that, you can get it set up. If you've already got it, what's the next step? I work in the cafeterias, so I'm pushing for a composting initiative. Of the six cafes, we have it in one, and we now have the plans going. Meetings have started. Action is being taken to get it implemented at the other five sites, which is phenomenal. So if you can at least do it in one area as a pilot and prove its success, then it's a lot easier to spread it to the other areas. That was the route that we had to take. There's a lot of other things that you can do in your workplace, tons and tons of them but do the best that you can and just keep going forward. The next episode is going to be on June 27th, so tune in. We'll be talking about ethical eating, specifically focusing on palm oil. I mentioned that um, a few episodes ago, and it's something that I have not really done a whole lot of research on myself, so I wanted to take this time to do the research and learn about it and share the information with you on why there is such a dispute about palm oil and sourcing it ethically. So I will talk to you all again on June 27th with our next episode. Until then, happy vacationing. If you're going on vacation, if you haven't done so yet, plan a really awesome vacation, plan on work on your bucket list. There's a lot of things that you can do between now and the next time I talk to you all. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, excellent weekend. Continue to save the planet each and every day, and I will talk to you all again next time. Have a great one. Bye. There are so many wonderful people doing amazing things around the globe. If you want to hear more about what we're doing down under, jump on over to Unbook Your Shopping Cart, a podcast who speaks to companies who have the eco thing down pat with some simple tips and hints on how you or your workplace can make small changes that can add up to a whole lot. Together, we can start a movement and make this planet a whole lot greener.